Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here at Summit View Church. So excited to see all that God is doing. If you don't know, today is a big day for us because today we are celebrating one year since we assembled for our very first Sunday morning experience. Isn't that pretty awesome? That's pretty incredible. Today is going to be a series-free day, not a serious-free I mean, it, it might be serious for you. It might just have a lot of fun. But it's going to be a series-free day because I believe that today is um, an important enough day that I just wanted to bring you what was really um, on my heart. And I want to slip a little vision in there as well for what is to come. Uh, but make sure that you guys come back next week because we're going to start a brand new series in, for the month of October. We're going to end out the month with it called Ghost Stories a not-so-spooky series about the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit has, uh, is very misunderstood in many churches, and I think that um, if I do a good job, I'm going to hopefully, by the end of the month, you're going to really understand who he is, what he does, why he's essential in the life of a believer, um, and you're going to learn by the end of the month, he's not as scary as you think he is. Sometimes Listen, the Holy Spirit's not weird. Sometimes people are weird. You know what I mean? Just, I'm just going to leave it there, okay, and we'll move on. But anyway, um, today is all about, like I said, it's all about celebrating. It's all about celebrating this church, all about celebrating this vision that God trusted us with. And today I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about uh, vision. I want to talk about vision. And when we talk about vision, um, this is what I mean, okay? Vision is a, a pictured it's a, vision is a picture of a desired future that God paints on the hearts of those who follow him. When we talk about vision, it's, a, it's, it's as if God is painting on the heart of, of the people that follow him this, this picture of a future that is hoped for. And God will paint this picture on your heart. Sometimes it'll hit you out of nowhere. Sometimes it's a culmination of your passions, of your choices, of your values in life. But vision causes us to have this foresight. This foresight that enables us to keep pressing on into life and, and staying focused, especially when the going gets tough, when, when life gets hard. Sometimes vision for your future that God has given you is all you're going to have to keep moving forward. So this is what God says about vision. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, out of the message says this, if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Um, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Some versions will say it like this, where there is no vision, the people will cast off restraint. They'll cast off restraint. Vision is important because it gives us something that, that God wants us to work toward. It gives us something that, that we can work toward while we have the end in mind. 
Uh, for example, it's football season. Where are my football fans in the house? Tough loss yesterday, y'all. It was a tough loss. Okay, but joy comes in the morning. That's what I had to remember yesterday. That fumble, I said, oh my God, I lost my salvation for a minute. I got it back, though. We're here today. Tough loss. <laughs> but, but vision can really be celebrated. Vision, vision can be so. Vision can be illustrated kind of like lines on, on a football field, okay? Um, here's what I mean. Could you imagine going to a football game and the field is just completely unmarked. It's just an open, like they, they hand the football to one guy and he just runs with it, not knowing where he's going. He's just running, he's wasting his energy, he's wasting his time and there's nothing to define to him what the win is. There's nothing to define what is out of bounds. There's nothing to define what belongs to the other team. He's just running with no restraint. It's just an open field. He might pull a Forrest Gump and just run right on out the stadium. Who knows? But what happens when you put some lines on the field is that goal starts getting defined for him. The goal starts coming into view. And, and now he has these goal lines marked, and he knows that he needs to run towards those. Um, the out-of-bounds lines are marked, and he knows he needs to stay inside of those lines. And so his role is more meaningful and more effective when his play is constrained by the markings on the field. Now let's take this and see how we can apply it to our lives. Vision acts like the markings on the field for your life. See, when God gives you this vision, it gives you direction, it gives you clarity, it defines what the win is, what the goal line that your life should be moving towards. It's defining all these things. It's also showing you what would be out of bounds. Like, um, out of bounds, listen, out of bounds is not always bad stuff. Sometimes it's, it, sometimes it's good stuff that is just distracting from the purpose that God has truly given us. Stuff that would distract us from the real purpose of our life. See, vision is a constraint. Vision is a constraint, and, and, and constraint is not a bad thing, though. It's really not. Sometimes we hear that word constraint, and we think, I'm trapped, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm in a cage. And no, constraint is not a bad thing. I want to show you this. Constraint is what gives meaning. And so, uh, imagine an artist, as free as an artist. You guys, if anybody knows an artist, you know they are carefree, right? Like musicians, painters, whatever it might be. They're just, they're carefree but, but they live their lives constrained. They, they, they can use their entire imagination, but, but you know what? They can only paint what will fit on the canvas. They can only paint what will fit on whatever canvas they're looking at. Speaking of canvases, we have a really cool one in the back um, at the blue table on your way out the door today, we've got a canvas that said Summit View one year. And what I'd really love for you guys to do is on your way out, everybody just take a minute and sign that. If your kids don't know how to, how to sign their name, let them scribble something. Just don't cover up anybody else's name. Okay, but, but I'd love for everybody to, to uh, it's a little memorabilia for us. For um, one day, we're going to have our own building. and It's not going to be the fair barn. We're going to build our own church. And we, we might put it on the wall somewhere to remember, you know, the one year as we all celebrate it together. Anyway, I digress. Make sure you sign that thing, though, on the way out. Um, I see every face in here. I know who you are if you leave without signing. No, I'm just kidding. I can barely see anything, actually. These lights are very bright. Um, but anyway, this artist, they, they live their lives confined to the canvas, but that constraint 
is what gives the art the beauty. I'm saying a lot of things here, okay? I hope you can follow me. An artist without a canvas loses exactly what gives them focus. An artist without constraint has nowhere to display their imagination. And so, and I'll relay it like this to you. Your life with no vision will lose the constraint that gives it meaning. Your life with no vision will lose the constraint that gives it meaning. What I want you to see this morning is that vision is one of the most important tools that you possess in your journey to make a real impact in this life. And now there's different types of vision that God gives people. We see it all throughout Scripture. We see different instances of this throughout Scripture. Um, the first type, I want to cover these real quick this morning. The first type of vision that you'll see in Scripture is, is personal vision. We see a personal vision. Um, and, and this vision is, that, is one that everyone can receive. And, and I believe that everyone should have a personal vision for your life. I really believe that without one, you don't know, you just, you're, not, you're gonna go nowhere. You need a personal vision for your life. That age-old question that they ask you at the job interview, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You should have an answer for that all the time. You should have an answer for where you see yourself in one year, in five years, in 10 years. You should have personal vision for your life. But I, I believe that if you have this vision, you might not be ready for a five-year, 10-year, you, you're, you're like, I'm just focusing on this year. That's okay, but I want you to have something because without it, you're not gonna be successful in this life. But personal vision will make your, your future a little bit more, probability, the probability will increase of your future being a little more successful. What is it you're gonna do in life? And here's where you can really start defining some, some personal vision for your life. I'm gonna give you an exercise to do. You don't have to do it here, but you can go home and do it, whatever. Um, and this is actually what I'm planning on just talking about in, our, uh, in, in the small group that I lead this week. So if you're here and you're in my small group, uh, spoiler alert, okay, this is what we're talking about. But you can really start defining personal vision for your life by doing this exercise. It's a, okay, it's a little morbid, but you've got to bear with me here, okay? I want you to do this. Go home, whatever, when you, when you have a moment. Start defining personal vision in your life. Here's what you do. Think about your funeral, Think about your funeral. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Some of you church, we put the fun in funeral. Okay, everybody? I just, that was cheesy, I'm sorry. Think, <laughs> God, I'm dumb. Think about your funeral, okay? And start thinking about it. Some of y'all are like, it's too close, man. It's too close. Some of y'all are like, I ain't never gonna die. It's, you're probably about 18 years old. I mean, anyway, when you think about your funeral, here's what I want you to think about. Think about it like this. Um, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? This is a great way to develop some personal vision for your life. Start, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Because this is really when, when all this other stuff like peels off and it really doesn't matter anymore when you start thinking about it like this. I don't, like, I don't, care, how much, I don't care how much money I made over my lifetime. I, I might care about the relationships that I developed. And so think about what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? For me, I want them to say things like this, that, that I could tell that he was a man of prayer and that he really knew Jesus. I could tell that he was somebody that spent time with Jesus. And I want them to say, that man loved his wife in a, in a very special way. That, that man loved his wife with everything that he had. Those are some things that in my life are defining my personal vision. 
that I want to have a relationship with Jesus and I want to have a relationship with my wife. And so, and so what you got to do is start thinking about what do you want people to say at your funeral and then start working backwards. Start working backwards. Be, define what's important and then start looking at your life through that filter of what do I need to keep doing, what do I need to change, or what do I need to stop doing so that my current life is going to begin to align with my desired life. Because there's a gap there, I'm sure. If you, if you have any kind of good vision for your life, it's not where you are today. It's not, you're you're going to have to spend some time to get there. But you want to align your, eventually your current life with your desired life. And, and so do this exercise. Uh, personal vision, you got to have it. Second one, family vision. Family vision. Guys, if you have a family, you should have a vision for your family. You should have a vision for your family. I, I know that... Um, I know people that even have vision statements for their family. Like we've got a, we got a vision statement for this church. We want everybody, to, we want to lead everyone to experience life on high. Um, and, and so you should have a, you could even have a little vision statement for your family. That we're, we're the Smiths. We're going to love hard. We're going to do our best. And, and we're always going to welcome the outsider. Don't steal that one. I just wrote it first, okay? You can't steal my vision statement. I'm just kidding. You guys can take it. I probably stole it from somebody. Anyway, but, but you got to have a vision for your family. Husbands, listen to me. This is your role. This is your role. And let me tell you, it starts with you. Sorry, ladies, I, pro- I promise I'm not a sexist man, okay? I'm not sexist uh, by any means, but Scripture defines the man's role as the leader in the household. And in that aspect, he's the one who spearheads this, this vision. Now, you need to partner together because if you're not, it ain't going to work. But, but men, we got to step up. We got to start leading our families with vision. We got to start, we got to start moving our families along. Here, you got to lead the way with this. And I want to, I want to share some statistics about this with you. Okay. When, when I was researching for this message, there was, there's this survey that was performed, uh, in families over a long period of time. And these were the outcomes here. If a child in the family was the first one to have a relation to begin a relationship with Jesus, there was a three and a half percent probability that the rest of the family would also eventually begin a relationship with Jesus. That's if the kid comes first. If the if the mother or the wife comes first, uh, mothers are amazing. Praying moms are the best type of mom. I mean. Just, I know my mama prayed for me and I'm where I am today because her prayers for me. But, but if your mother was the first to begin a relationship with Jesus in these families, there was a 17% probability that everyone in the, in the household would follow. So if it's the child first, it's 3.5% that, that, that the family would come along. If it's, if it's the mother first, there's a 17% probability that the rest of the family would come along. But husbands... If the father was the first to begin a relationship with Jesus, there is now a 93% probability that the rest of the family eventually is going to come along and follow Jesus themselves. 93%. It jumps from, it jumps from 17% to 93% men when you start leading the way in your families. You need to lead your families in faith. Listen, your family needs it. But this world needs it. One of the largest problems that we have in this world is an epidemic of a fatherless generation. They need some men. They need some men that are going to step up and start leading the way like Christ. And you're going to make a real difference. But listen, whoever you are, father, 
single mother, whoever, you need to have an idea of where you want your family to be in one year, five years, 10 years, and take steps to make that happen. You gotta have a family vision. Then the, the third one here that we see in scripture is a missional vision, missional vision. Now this one, I don't know if everybody res- might, will receive this one in their lifetime in a, in a grand form, right? Like, like somebody in scripture, but, but I know that it's available to anybody that'll say yes. Anybody that will say yes, God will give you a mission for, for your life and for some people around you. All throughout scripture, we see that when, when God wants a great thing accomplished, it started with God giving a missional vision to one person. He says to one person, he says, hey, I want this. I'm, I'm looking for this to be done. And, and I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting it to you. And so he gives them that vision. And, and a missional vision is simply a vision that, stir, that spurs someone on to accomplishing something specific that God has called them to do. You can find it over and over and over in Scripture. If you search, you can find it um, in the story of Moses. You can find it with Joshua. You can find it with Nehemiah. You can find it with Solomon. You can find it with Jesus. You can find it with Peter. All of these people have this missional vision that God has been given to them, and, and they were trusted to run with it. God needed something done, and so he called someone to do it. Now, here's where it gets great. When God gave this clear vision to this one person, it was then up to that person to bring other people along and share that vision with them. So you're never, let me say this, you're never gonna accomplish this type of vision on your own. God will never call you to do something big for him by yourself. He he makes us work together. That's just the way he's got it set up. You're never gonna do this by yourself. There's an old adage that says, if you wanna go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. We're supposed to do this together. And this church, this church was a product of a, of a missional vision that God gave me. Uh, you know, I was, called to, I, was, I was called originally to plant and pastor when I was 22 years old, when I felt God call me. And before that, before that, I knew that I wanted to be involved in ministry um, in some form, but I never had really thought about being a pastor. I'd never thought about that. I, I loved music, and I thought I was going to be on the, on the worship side of things. I thought I was going to be like the great Nelson Benton up here. And, and, but, but when I got that call when I was 22 years old, and, and so for, for seven years, I lived with this vision inside of me that God had given me at the art conference in Jacksonville, Florida. And for seven years, and I didn't, know, I didn't know when, I didn't know where, I just knew that it was supposed, what I was supposed to do. And so I spent the next seven years doing everything that I could do to develop myself into the absolute best pastor that I could possibly be. By the way, some stuff you only learn on the job, all right? It's, you're never going to be fully prepared for this. Or, or whatever God's calling you to do, you're going to learn some on the job. And, and so, and one day though, in De- on December 14th, 2020, I remember in the, in the middle of a pandemic, crazy enough, I was in the shower, sorry TMI, I was in the shower, that's where God speaks to me best, I don't know why, but I was in the shower and I, and I felt God pose a question to my heart. He said, what if you started a life-giving church in Estill County? And I believe like he posed it as a question on purpose. Because what happened was it got, it got my mind thinking about the possibilities. 
what I didn't know was I was about to go into a situation where a bunch of us would gather around the table and, and, some, and it would, the conversation would come up, what would it look like to start a church in this community? That's what I didn't know was about to happen. But God spoke it to my heart hours before we gathered. And what happens after that is that we've got to steward what God has given us. We've got to, it, from that moment, that moment that your, this vision is deposited in you, guys, this moment for me was the moment, the moment that catalyzed everything that, that this church is today and that I took the honor of seeing take place for the last year around here. Listen, it took hard work, it took a team, and it took prayer, okay? I mean, it took prayer, like prayer, prayer, like, like the, real, the real getting in, getting down in it kind of prayer, and it, it took risk. But here we are today, and here I stand. That sounded too much like a Frozen song, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, here I, here I don't know why I wrote it like that. Uh, anyway, t- today I stand up here because of a lifetime of preparation, a moment of inspiration, and years worth of stewarding and honoring the vision that God put in my heart. And listen, I, I don't want to make this about me because it's not. It's not. I can't make this about me. Like I said, you can't accomplish what God has called you to do if you do it alone. You're not going to do it. You're not going to be successful. So I can't take credit for what God has done and all the work that he caused um, some of you to be what we are today. But here is what I did. Here was my role. My role, and this morning is what I want to share with you, because I believe that each one of us are called to do this in our lives. When we receive a vision from God, each one of us, it looks different for us, but this is what we're called to do. My role in this, my main role in this, yes, uh, I, I lead the church, yes, I develop other leaders, yes, I'm the main servant here at this church, but more than that, my role and your role when you receive a vision from God is you're called to honor God by honoring the vision that he deposited in you. We're called to honor God by honoring that vision that he deposited in you. Now, how do we do that? I've got three quick points for you today. Three quick points. All right, how, this is how we do it. Number one, you gotta celebrate the past. You gotta celebrate the past. Guys, church should feel like a celebration. It shouldn't feel like a funeral. We should have fun, y'all. We need to celebrate the past. Psalms chapter 145, verse seven says this, that and he's talking about a great generation um, that, that they celebrate your abundant goodness. They celebrate God's abundant goodness and joyfully sing of his righteousness. See, we need to continually reflect on the great things that God has done. And there's, there's power here. There's power to reshape your perspective and it'll change your, your entire outlook of life when you start celebrating what God had done in the past. But listen, what you refuse to celebrate will eventually leave your life refuse to celebrate will eventually leave your life, but what you do celebrate will be replicated. What you celebrate will be replicated in your life. Listen, if you want God to do it again, remember the last time God did it. So this week, I've had a lot of fun. I've been reminiscing. Um, I don't do it often enough, but I've loved looking at pictures of the last couple of years and, and, and looking how far God has brought us together 
and it's, brought a, it's really brought a new life to me. I'm just, I am so excited because I can see where God brought us from. And listen, if he could bring us this far, he can take us this far again. If he can bring some of you, church, this far where we are today, he can take us that far again this next, this next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years. In fact, I've got a, I've got a video this morning that I, I want you guys to look at. To, it'll show you just how far God has brought us over the past year and all the things that, that have been accomplished because of him. But listen, and because of you, because of what you've done in this community. And so I just want you to take about five minutes, direct your eyes to this screen, and just let's celebrate together everything that God has done over the past year. Listen, isn't that just amazing? Listen, here's what I think we need to do. Here's what I think we need to do. Guys, listen, over $22,000 we were able to give away this year to church plant, to local missions, to global missions. 85 people found new life in Christ right here at Summit View. And I think we just need to take about five seconds and give God the best praise that we can possibly give him in this place. Come on, give him five seconds. Just give him five. Listen, he did it then, he can do it again. He did it then, he can do it. Again, we gotta celebrate the past. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speed through these next ones here because uh, I'm running short on time. Number two, number two, after we celebrate the past, we have to remain faithful in the present. Remain faithful in the present. Guys, faithfulness is this really often overlooked virtue in, in the world as of late, not just in marriage, but in our jobs, in our relationships, in our church, in our serving. But I'll tell you this, if you want to reap a harvest of everything that God has for you, you've got to remain faithful. You've got to remain faithful. The farmer that only tends to his crops once a week is the farmer that's going to have no crop when the harvest season comes. You've got to remain faithful. Most people look at someone else's life that's successful and they think, man, if I just have that one big moment, you know that big moment, that, that one breakthrough idea, that one moment of breakthrough, that, that, that moment of success, but you know what really develops success? Success isn't found in a moment of breakthrough. Success is found in the small decisions that you make daily. That's where success is found. And this is gonna sound funny, but there's a large element in your life that needs to sound mundane to everybody else. It needs to sound mundane, it needs to sound repetitive, it needs to sound boring. But you know what you're doing? You're remaining faithful. You're being faithful in the present. It might get boring and repetitive, but you're cultivating something. That farmer needs to, you, if you're a farmer, you need to plow that same lane over and over. You've you got to tend to the same crops over and over and over. And it might get boring, it might get repetitive, it might get mundane, but guess what they're doing? They're cultivating a harvest. And that's what, I, what, what exactly you'll be doing. Stay in the boring. Stay in the mundane. Keep on doing it. In fact, your life needs to be predictable. And it needs to be predictable to an extent because your decisions that, are, that, that are, you're making need to be driven by the immovable values in your life. Your values need to be stable because every single decision that you're making is driven by them. 
And, and I'll say it like this. Most of your life should be so predictable that people could anticipate your actions and your decisions before you make them. That's how faithful you need to be. That's how, that's how much you need to remain in the lane that you're staying in. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says this. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. In other words, you want a grand vision? You want a grand future vision for your life? Commit to the Lord what you're doing in the now. Stay faithful in the now, and God will start establishing your then. Stay faithful in what you're doing now in the present, and God will start establishing your then. This is such a powerful philosophy, and spoiler alert, this is our, I'm going to let you guys know this. I was, I was going back and forth with it, but this is our word for next year. This is the vision word that God has deposited in me. Faithful. we got to stay faithful. And I'm going to start the, whole, the year next year in, in January with a whole teaching series teaching about being faithful and what it means. Because your definition of faithful is probably not the same definition that Jesus had of, of faithful. But it's great. And it's cultivating something. Be faithful in the present and, and you'll transform your life and it'll honor God's vision. And then number three, number three, finally, we need to walk boldly into the future. You don't need to drag yourself in. You don't need to carry yourself. You need to walk boldly into the future. This is God honoring. I want you to walk through life confident because God has called you to something special. There's a vision that God has for you and you need to own it. You need to steward it. You need to take care of it because God gave it to you. Listen, you might not think you're worthy. I think that every day. You might not think that God, you might think that God could have chosen somebody better. God could have chosen somebody just better to do what he's asking him to do. I think the same thing every day. But listen to me. God gave it to you. You're the one he trusted it with. He didn't trust it to your neighbor. He didn't trust it to that person you're comparing yourself to on Instagram. He trusted it to you. God gave you the vision, so own it. Own it. Run with it. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says this. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So he may run. God doesn't want you to sit on the vision. God doesn't want you to sit on the vision for your life. He wants you to run with it. He wants you to go. Move toward it. Get moving. Get going. There's a moment of response you've got to make here where you say, God, I'll do it. It might seem risky, it might seem scary, it might seem like I'm not equipped, it might seem like there's no, there's some people better in the world that could do it better than me, but listen, God gave it to you, he wants you to run with it. And when you seem unsure, this is my prayer for you, found in Romans chapter 15, it says this, God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you have hope for the future. I want you to have hope for the future. Not, not dreading each day when you wake up, but looking forward to every day. Because you know that, that God in, that ne in the next day, God has even more for you than he did today. 
I want you to wake up with hope in your heart. I want you to hold on to hope for the future because it's going to get through. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to dream again. I want you to dream again. If there's something that you can take away from this today, dream again. Maybe you left it. Maybe you left it behind you 10 years ago. It's time to pick that vision back up. It's time to keep on running with it. You put it down. It was, you were tired. It was hard. Dream again. Dream of what God could do today and what God can do tomorrow. If you just say yes. We've been dreaming here some lately. The team has been dreaming in short-term, long-term future of some of you. That's really all I do. I sit at the house and, and, and my mind is constantly thinking about what could God do if we did this? What could God do if we did this? And my mind's always thinking in the future. And here's, here's a couple things I want you to I want you to think about. These are some things I'm dreaming about. What would it look like if we had this place seven days a week and not just one? What would it look like? What would it look like if this place was our home and like we just didn't rent it on a Sunday? What could we do? What would it look like if we reached so many people with this amazing message of grace that we had to find a way to make room for them? If God were to add to our number 50, 70, 100%, would we be ready for it? Would we be ready? The vision of this church, and, and, and listen, you guys are amazing, but this is the truth. The vision of this church will always be driven by the generosity of its people. It'll always be driven by, by your generosity. I can put a vision in front of you, but the pace is determined by you. God, give me, God gifted me with this, with this vision. He trusted it to me back in that day in the shower. But listen, the vision is paced by you. And I mean this, I want, I want you to be thinking about how you can contribute to what is ahead for the future of some of you. What, what can you do to help push this vision along? Does that mean you start increasing your giving? Maybe, maybe you haven't been giving and you need to start. Maybe, maybe you need to start giving 10% for the first time. Maybe God's asking you to give more than that. I don't know. But I'm not asking you, God. I'm just saying pray. Ask what your part in this would be. But it's not all about money either. Maybe it's time for you to, to join the crew. Maybe it's time for you to jump in on Sundays and start serving. You've been sitting at the table for, for a long time. You've been, you've been eating, but you never helped wash the dishes. You know what I mean? Maybe, it's now, maybe now God's, God's speaking to your heart and say, hey, it's time for you to, to jump in. It's time for you to... Maybe it's time that you threw a jersey on and you came off, of, off, off the sidelines and you started participating in what God was doing here. Because we're not a church of consumers. We're a church of contributors. We aren't people that want to sit on the sidelines and watch everybody else do the work. We're people that want to jump in and put our effort into the game. Why do we do it? Because every, name has, every, every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every single story is significant. People are worth it. The vision is worth it. 
And so back in the back at the, at the connections table back there, I've set out some, some ways that, that maybe, you can, maybe you can think about participating what God is doing here and in this community. You don't have to have your life together. You don't have to have a Bible degree. You just have to have a, de- a desire for, for God to do something amazing through you. And the fortitude to say yes. And so back on the tables, there's, there's some information for you. And what, what I'd love for you to do is I'd love for you to take a look, a, a look at the crew that we have, our crew teams that, that serve at this church so faithfully every single week. And I want, you to, I want you to look at the list and I want you to read down it. And I want you to see and think about how can I participate in what God's doing this next year? What can I do? Maybe your time, maybe you don't have any time. I get it. Find some way to participate because your life is going to be better off. But even more important than that, someone else's life is going to be in, impacted by what you're doing. And today, listen, we got pathway going on. And if you're one of the people that want to that sign up for one of our teams and, and fill out one of those cards and, hey, Pathway, if you can hang around today at, for a couple hours and we can have a conversation about what your purpose is in life because I want you to find it. And I'll show you, I'll, I'll give you easy ways for you to live it out too. I'll give you super easy ways. I want to celebrate every single thing that God has done because it's been incredible. But I want to recognize too that God wants us he, he, wants, he wants greater. He wants, he wants us to do even more. He wants us to continually push forward in our vision. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant and happy with, with yesterday, but to push forward into tomorrow, to walk boldly into the future. God has given us this vision for all people to experience life on high so we can transform this community. And here's my question to you. How is God calling you to participate in that vision? Because I promise you, if you pray, if you ask, if this is your home church, he's probably going to say something. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.